0: Everyone and welcome, or welcome back, to the True Crime Talks podcast, where I take a look at solved and unsolved crimes and mysteries. My name is Katie, and today I will be talking about the unsolved murders of Carol Lannan and Elizabeth McCabe, also referred to as the Templeton Woods murders. I hope you find this podcast interesting and informative. Please consider leaving a rating or review, and feel free to give my other episodes a listen. The murders of Carol Lannan and Elizabeth McCabe took place in Dundee, Scotland. As Scotland's fourth largest city, Dundee sits on the north east coast and currently has a population of around 150,000 people. This case takes us back to the late 1970s and early 1980s. On the 21st of March 1979, a woman's body was found in Templeton Woods, Dundee. The body was quickly identified to be that of 18-year-old Carol Lannon. Carol was known to be working as a prostitute at the time of her disappearance. On the 20th of March, the night of her disappearance, she had been picked up from her home in Hill Street, Dundee and taken into the city centre by taxi. Authorities were never able to trace the taxi driver that dropped her off. Carol was last seen by another prostitute around 8pm getting into a red Ford Cortina car in Dundee's red light district on Exchange Street. Dundee police released a description of the driver. He was described as 25-30 to years old, thin build, pale complexion, with short dark hair, sideburns and a moustache. A photo fit of the suspect was released, and over six thousand owners of red cars were interviewed. Just over a week later, on the first of April, nineteen seventy-nine, Carol's black handbag and some clothing were found washed up on the banks of the River Don in Kintore, Aberdeenshire. Just over a week later, on the first of April, nineteen seventy-nine. Carol's black handbag and jumper, pants and tights were found washed up on the banks of the River Don in Kintore, Aberdeenshire. The bag contained money and an allowance book for a child. At the time of Carol's murder, she had a three-month-old son named Derek. Authorities believed that Carol's killer may have links to the Aberdeenshire area. Carol's cause of death was determined to be strangulation. Unfortunately, authorities were unable to trace her killer and the case went cold. However, on February 26, 1980, two men were out with their dogs hunting rabbits in Templeton Woods when they found the body of a woman wrapped in a dark blue jumper and buried underneath a pile of branches. The body was confirmed to be that of Elizabeth McCabe, who went missing on the night of the 10th of February, 1980. Elizabeth McCabe was a trainee nursery nurse from Dundee. She had been described as reserved and shy, but later became more outgoing when she started college and enjoyed going out to pubs and clubs. On the night of February 10th, Elizabeth was on a night out with her friend Sandra Niven. They visited several pubs in Dundee and then ended up at Teaser's Discotheque on Union Street. Elizabeth left the club on her own at 12.30am and Sandra expected to find her outside the entrance. She checked a nearby taxi rank but couldn't find her friend. Elizabeth's parents later said that she had always taken the bus or a taxi home from the city centre. Three months prior to her disappearance, Elizabeth had accidentally gotten into someone's car mistaking it for a taxi. She had also told her friend that on one occasion she had been mistaken for a prostitute by a man in his car. Elizabeth didn't return home that night which made her parents concerned. The next day Elizabeth failed to show up for work which was very out of character for her. Her parents reported her missing that day. Two weeks later when Elizabeth's body was found It was discovered that her body was just 150 yards from where Carol Lannan's body had been discovered 11 months earlier. Intensive inquiries were carried out, but nobody came forward to see that they had seen Elizabeth after leaving the club. Her home in Lyndhurst Avenue, Lochie, was around two and a half miles away from the club. It is believed that she travelled in a taxi or in a car of someone that she knew like Carol, Elizabeth had also been strangled to death. The similarities in these cases led residents of Dundee to become afraid that there was a serial killer on the loose, who they nicknamed the Disco Killer. Later in February, some of Elizabeth's clothing was found near the Kingsway in Cooper Angus Road, Dundee. On April 2nd, 1980, her handbag, jewellery and a photo belonging to her were found in Cobden Street, On a patch of waste ground by a woman searching for scrap metal. The handbag had contained Elizabeth's college ID. Several weeks later, her shoes were also found in the same spot. During investigations, police discovered that two witnesses had seen a Ford Cortina with a taxi sign on it emerging from a road that led to Templeton Woods on the night Elizabeth disappeared. The witnesses said that there was a man alone in the car with the interior lights on. The man was driving with his wrists, which led police to believe that the man had dirty hands and didn't want to touch the steering wheel. The two witnesses reported that they knew the taxi driver to be that of Vincent Simpson, who ran a local taxi company in Newtile, near Dundee. Vincent was immediately questioned by police and he admitted that he was in the woods the night Elizabeth disappeared. He claimed that he had taken his dog for a walk there at about 10pm, and he had returned to the woods after midnight to collect passengers. He later claimed that the real reason he had gone back to the woods was to steal a car that he had seen earlier. Vincent Simpson had a criminal record dating back to childhood and admitted that he was a gambling addict. He claimed that he did not know Elizabeth McCabe and protested that he did not have any convictions for sexual or violent crimes. However, in an interview on the 3rd of March 1980, Vincent admitted that he was a peeping Tom and he used binoculars to spy on people in Templeton Woods. Police did not have enough evidence to arrest Vincent or anyone else and unfortunately, like in Carol Lannan's case, the operation was scaled down and the case went cold. Sixteen years passed before anything was done. In 1996, after the reopening of the Bible John case in Glasgow, which I covered on a previous podcast, Tayside Police ordered a review to take place of the murders of Elizabeth McCabe and Carol Lannon. The murders were also included in an investigation by the West Yorkshire Police, suspecting that they may be victims of the Yorkshire Ripper. The 1996 review, however, turned up no new evidence and the cases remained cold. Eight years later, in 2004, detectives again looked at the cases. Detectives from three police forces across Scotland believed that there were strong links between the murders of seven young women. These murders included the murder of Elizabeth McCabe, Carol Lannan, The World's Ends Murders and the murders of three other women. These murders were part of Operation Trinity, in which serial killer Angus Sinclair was identified as the prime suspect. I have previously covered Angus Sinclair in another podcast. Angus Sinclair was later convicted of the World's Ends Murders and remains the prime suspect in three other murders. It was discovered, however, that Angus Sinclair could definitely not have committed the murders of Carol Lannan and Elizabeth McCabe, as he was imprisoned during both times. This led police to rule out a link between the Templeton murders and the five other cases, and they also began to believe that the two murders were themselves not linked. The reopening of the investigation led to items in the Elizabeth McCabe case to be sent for DNA analysis. Police also made new appeals to the public, in which two members of the public reported concerning behaviour of a taxi driver who had operated in the area in 1980. This led to the arrest of a taxi driver in 2005. The taxi driver was Vincent Simpson, who had been interviewed at the time of the murder. Vincent Simpson was originally from Camberley in Surrey, However, he had moved to Dundee in the 1970s after meeting his wife. He married a nurse named Gillian and lived in Dundee for a few years before relocating back to Camberley shortly after Elizabeth McCabe's murder. Vincent claims they had moved due to his taxi business failing, problems with the police during the investigation and a gambling addiction that led to severe money problems. At the time of his arrest in 2005, Vincent was working as a window cleaner in Camberley and had three children. Vincent Simpson was formally charged with the murder of Elizabeth McCabe in 2005. In October 2007, Vincent Simpson's trial began in Edinburgh. Vincent had previous convictions for larceny, theft, burglary, making false police statements and other petty crimes. The jury were not allowed to hear about Vincent's previous convictions due to Scottish laws. Vincent's defence attempted to get his case thrown out as they claimed he could not receive a fair trial due to the fact that some witnesses from the time had died or could not be traced, and also because documents and items were missing. They also said that prosecuting him would breach his human rights. The judge rejected these claims as he said that although the passing of times had caused disadvantage, he was not convinced that any trial would be entirely fair. Vincent also faced two other charges of breach of the peace due to approaching women in Dundee around the time of the murder, causing them distress and alarm. At the trial, it was revealed that the blue jumper found over Elizabeth McCabe's body had been used to take DNA samples. Three swabs were taken from different parts of the jumper. On the right-hand side of the jumper, the chances of the DNA found coming from anyone else other than Vincent Simpson was 1 in 320,000. The chances of the DNA from the back of the jumper coming from someone other than Vincent was 1 in 105,000. There was also a hair found which matched Vincent Simpson's DNA. With all of the DNA evidence, the combined odds of the DNA coming from someone other than Vincent Simpson were 1 in 40 million, which was around eight times the population of the whole of Scotland at the time. Dr Jonathan Whittaker, who conducted the DNA test, stated, In my opinion, These DNA profile results provide extremely strong support for the assertion that the DNA recovered from the hair and blue jumper has originated from Vincent Simpson. On the DNA from the jumper's neck, Dr Whitaker stated that the result is of particular significance since the DNA profile result is what I would expect to find if Vincent Simpson had grabbed the jumper in the area of the neck, transferring his DNA to this area. Vincent Simpson refused to give evidence at the trial. The defence argued that the DNA evidence had been contaminated and alleged that the hair that matched Simpson's DNA had not been found until many years later. The defence said that the police had wrongly focused on taxi drivers as they had feared that there was a serial killer on the loose. Vincent claimed to have an alibi saying that he was either at home, working as a taxi driver or at the local casino when the murder happened. Police then questioned the casino doorman and he said that he did not remember seeing Vincent that night. The casino doorman also revealed during the trial that Vincent had phoned him to try and make him say he had seen him there at 1am that night. At the end of the trial, the judge told the jury that they cannot convict Vincent on DNA evidence alone as Scottish law requires at least two separate sources of evidence for a conviction. Because of this, the jury found Vincent Simpson not guilty by a majority verdict. In December 2007, 61-year-old Vincent Simpson was allowed to go free. In 2011, the law on double jeopardy was changed in Scotland, allowing previously acquitted suspects to be retried if there was new evidence. In 2013, Simpson was interviewed and stated that he did not fear that there would be a new investigation into the murder. He said the cold case will go on and on and the police have got no new avenues to go down. The police revealed that they are not looking at any other suspects in Elizabeth McCabe's case. Carol Lannan's case was also reinvestigated leading police to talk to sex offenders Peter Syme and Joseph Stewart in Peterhead Prison. This was because they are thought to have information from another registered sex offender incarcerated in HMP Peterhead. The man that was thought to be the prime suspect has since died. Over the years, the cases have been linked to Scottish serial killers Peter Tobin, Angus Sinclair, Robert Black and even the Yorkshire Ripper. Criminologist David Wilson believes that the cases are not linked due to differences with the cases. He believes that the true killer of Carol Lannan is a former care home worker named Andrew Hunter, who was jailed in 1988 for murdering his pregnant wife. He strongly resembles the photo fit and also owns a red Ford Cortina. Andrew Hunter died in 1993 in Perth Prison, and has never officially been linked to the murder of Carol Lannan. In a strange twist, in 2005, Tayside police were given a large amount of evidence from someone claiming that an American man living in Scotland was responsible for Carol Lannan's murder. They claimed that this killer was also responsible for the infamous Zodiac killings in America. Both murders officially remain unsolved to this day. Thank you for listening to the True Crime Talks podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please feel free to check out the other episodes if you're interested. As these cases are both still unsolved, police are still looking for any information that may help them to solve them. You can phone 101 if you think you may be able to help.